Hello and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I am Dr. Brady Brewer and I am faculty in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And joining me today is fellow faculty member, Dr. Michael Langmeyer. Um, as I said, he's faculty in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And today we are going to discuss um, a topic within farm transition planning, where specifically we are going to be talking about uh, the transferring of the business management function um, within the, the succession plan. Uh, just as a quick recap, uh, Dr. Maria Marshall and I, we've already um, had an episode where we talked about farm transitioning farm transition planning from a very high level. We covered a broad overview of, of a lot of topics that are in uh, succession planning. Uh, but what we're gonna do now is we're gonna do a series of very specific topics that uh, we think are important to having a successful transition plan. And we're starting from the very beginning, uh, which is thinking about management and how do you transfer the actual management function of a business before you get to the, the transferring of physical assets. Uh, as a quick reminder, you can find these podcasts on Podbean and um, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also click on the link at uh, our web at CCA's website, which is ag.purdue.edu slash commercial ag. So with that, welcome, Michael. And do you want to give a brief introduction to the article that you have written about this topic? Be glad to. Well, one of the thing, one, one of the first steps to to transitioning a farm is to is first of all to think about uh, how am, how am I eventually going to transfer management from the older generations to the younger generation, and you really should be doing this before or at the same time you're thinking about feasibility. And I'll and I'll get into why it's so important uh, to to work on this topic early in the process rather than later in the process. There's many reasons uh, for that. Uh, but one of the first things you need to think about when you're transferring business management is to think about goals and objectives. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if you covered that during uh, Dr. Marshall's uh, session, but uh, that's that's a that's a topic that's sometimes covered in, in transition planning. And and what I specific specifically mean here uh, does each individual, the multiple generations in this case, I'm, I'm I'm talking about at least a two generation farm, maybe a three generation farm uh, son. Uh, father and grandfather. Um, one of the things that we need to be on the same page on is the future direction of the business. Sounds simple, right? It's not simple because the older generation is eventually going to want to phase out of agriculture. That's that's a different scenario than the younger generation might be facing where they're wanting to aggressively expand the business uh, to take advantage of possible economies of scale. And so sometimes that goal, goals and objectives do not align. And so this definitely needs to be discussed um, among the generations and, and come up with an agreement. Uh, with the older generation, this is how we're going to help provide for the retirement. Uh, and the younger generation, this is how we're going to try to expand the farm, keeping in mind that the older generation eventually wants to get out uh, and need some money for their retirement. And so, and so aligning these goals and objectives, aligning the future direction of the business is a very important first step. Yep. Uh, so Dr. Marshall, I did briefly touch on this. And one of the examples she gave was, you know, maybe the younger generation doesn't uh, want to be in the management. So you bring up the topic of not wanting to be on the farm, but they would still like it to produce revenue or, or income in the future. So that that could be a specific goal where you have two different opinions. Uh, you know, maybe some people want 
it be, to be income generating, but they don't actually want to actively manage the farm. Whereas you may have a generation that wants to be active in the in the farm management and and as you said, expand it and expand the business. And sometimes what you see there, Brady, is you'll see maybe there's two younger younger people coming back, and then there's several older people, uh, and and one of the two younger people just is not comfortable with with management. Uh, they're they're very comfortable, and and you know maybe keeping the equipment running, something like that. Maybe they're they're involved in spraying or or the combining phase of the business, and they're just not that interested in the finance and the strategic positioning, uh, if you will. And so that brings me up to the next topic. Even before a young younger generation comes back to the farm, it is extremely important that the younger and the older generation think about what skills are needed by the business specifically. What skills is the younger generation bringing to the farm? Uh, let's get very specific here. Let's say the older generation just ha- just is not that comfortable dealing with financial management. Uh, they've done some record keeping for taxes, but it's just really painful for whatever reason uh, to put together that balance sheet needed for the lender, and that's about as far as they get. Uh, they've got the cash records needed for uh, needed for taxes. They've got a balance sheet. Uh, that's needed for the lender, but they never really come up with an accrual income statement. They, they never really calculate a profit margin. Uh, they never really look very closely at, at, at liquidity and working capital. That's this is an example. If that skill is really needed by the farm, the younger generation needs to be at least at least to be, needs to be discussed with them. Is this something that you're interested in doing? We realize that as the farm gets larger, we're going to need this skill. Another example, and these, these examples I've, I've run across all the time, another example is marketing. Let's, let's say the, the older generation has typically sold most of the crop in the fall, and they've, left, they've, they've kept some of the sales into the spring, but everything's always marketed with cash. Uh, it's a cash sale, cash transaction. They're not even that comfortable with forward contracts. Well, maybe the younger generation has is, is, done some training, maybe in Jim Minard's class, uh, you know, for example, and, and, and they'd like to explore other options uh, of marketing, forward contracts, uh, uh, you know, some kind of contract with an ethanol plant, uh, using futures options, these kinds of things. Well, that's something that needs to be discussed early on to make sure that the younger generation uh, gets those skills uh, while they're in college or picking up elsewhere so that they can help, help the business. And, and, and this has become extremely important in today's environment because, you know, you know, 50 years ago, when I look at my grandfather, things weren't near as complex. Uh, the marketing decisions, that they, were, they weren't that complicated. The, 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 the amount of information needed on the finance and the records really wasn't that complicated. As, as farms have gotten larger, uh, and, and things have gotten more complex. Uh, we need people in, in, in key uh, skill areas, uh, marketing, finance, uh, I, I think even strategic positioning, thinking about the future of the business, technology, uh, and so on. Now, Michael, you mentioned the scenario where maybe the, the next generation isn't as savvy in the fin- finances. But how do you approach that uh, from the perspective of integrating them into the business. I mean, you would assume that, you know, if you have several people in the generation taking over, then you can specialize, right? You can be the agronomist, you can be the business, you know, more the accountant of the farm. Uh, But what about in the scenario where the the younger generation will need to acquire those skills? Um, What's the best way or approach of integrating them uh, into the farm where they can acquire that? 
you know, do you parcel off, do you, do you set off a parcel land and say, okay, we're going to let you be the sole manager of this parcel, this smaller part of our farm and let you make your own mistakes and grow from that. And then you can slowly take over the management responsibilities as you acquire those skills. Do you um, have them be a part of the broader management and, and teach them uh, along with it, which may be a fairly slow process? What's the best way to handle that? Well, first of all, uh, if the key skills that, that the business currently, nobody in the business currently has, uh, we, needed to, we need to, we need to, I really, really inquire whether that younger generation uh, is either going to try to get those skills through professional development, maybe in their college training, uh, just to make sure that happens. And so that that's first of all. And so let's say let's say uh, um, they've, they've done that. They went to college, got an ag econ degree. And so some of these skills we're talking about now, they're more comfortable with. They're not experts necessarily. Uh, but they're but they're ready to just start thinking about some of these things. I, I've I've seen this 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 uh, uh, this this starting process. You know, how do you get somebody experienced uh, being a manager without giving them a lot of responsibility early on, which they may not be ready for? I've seen this done in a number of ways, in, including my own family uh, back in Nebraska. And, and there's a couple different ways you can do this. And you did you did allude to these uh, earlier. Uh, one of these one of these one of the ways is to give somebody responsibility for making decisions on uh, maybe just one field or one pen of livestock. So start very, very slow. And I mean, truly make the decisions on that field. Uh, my, my, you know, uh, my brother-in-law has done this with my nephew, where he has a certain number of acres uh, that are in this, this farm. Uh, it's, it's dealing with a, a particular landlord. You got a certain number of acres that are involved in that landlord. And, and my nephew is making the decisions. What are we going to plant? What's the hybrid? What's the seeding rate? Uh, what are we going to put on for fertilizer? What are we going to use for herbicides? Uh, what, are we, what When are we going to spray and, and how are we going to spray? How many times are we going to spray? And so basically all the operational decisions for that particular tract of land, uh, this, this new person, in this case, uh, and what I'm talking about here, my nephew, is responsible for. Uh, and that, that's a good way to, to start uh, to start with a just a small piece of the business uh, and see how it goes. That doesn't mean they can't ask the older generation for advice, but they're the primary person responsible for making decisions on the on that track or for that pen of livestock if it's a livestock operation or if it's one swine building something like that. The other way to do this is is a little less common perhaps, but I've seen this done also, where the new individual is responsible for a particular business area. This is where this skill assessment is needed. What are the skills that we currently don't have? Uh, and so what can this younger generation specialize in uh, to make this, make this business uh, go? Uh, and, and some areas, we've, we've already talked about a couple of areas that, that might, be, uh, might be things to start with. Uh, financial management, maybe this new person is going to start doing more on the financial management side, including meeting with lenders, jointly meeting with lenders, uh, start, uh, start developing a line of credit. Uh, for themselves, uh, in addition uh, to the line of credit for the farm. Marketing is another area. Start real slow there. Uh, maybe just market a portion of the crop, uh, and, and the new person would be responsible for that so they get some experience. Another area that comes up quite often when I talk to people is new technology. Uh, sometimes the older generation uh, says, well, I, you know, this new technology is really difficult for me to understand, and so and so you know, this new person is more excited about computers and, and, and some of this new technology. And so we'll, we'll let them uh, think about uh, that new technology. And that might also include making recommendations to purchase new technology. 
Now, typically, when you're when you're buying new technology, the, you know, we're, we're very capital intensive in agriculture today, and so uh, there's a lot of money on the line. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that the new person would have a complete responsibility for buying a new tractor, but maybe they could scope it out. This is the advantages of the different tractors in terms of their size and the features that they have uh, and so on. And so they're the primary person that looks into that. And then the recommendations are, are brought to the board. Uh, the board might be father, son, father, son, grandfather. And so you don't have to make this really complicated, uh, but you get the idea there uh, that you're responsible for a particular business area. And again, it doesn't mean that you don't ask questions of the older generation, but that's your primary responsibility is to look in to how we can do things better in terms of uh, new technology, marketing, and financial management uh, in my exa- examples today. So a couple points I want to call out there, Michael. The first one, you know, in your scenario where you're taking a piece of land and you're giving the younger generation uh, complete control over it. One of the things you point out in the article that's on the CCA website is you got to allow, the, the older generation needs to allow the younger generation to make mistakes, Right. We all know mistakes happen. We've all made mistakes uh, in our jobs. Um, so you can't be too overbearing and, and try to keep the mistakes from happening, right? Like, it, and you can't, as long as the younger generation is learning from these mistakes and they don't make them the next year, you know, that's really the key that you allow that learning process to actually happen. And, and yeah, it sounds and like the article, it's pretty critical. And, and the key there is to start small. You don't want to give them no management responsibility. That's not a good idea. I've seen that backfire many, many times uh, you know, in, across the Corn Belt. I've seen way too many instances of that where, where the, the older generation wants to, wants to have the control and just does not give the new generation some management responsibility for whatever, whatever the reason may be. You can also err on the other side where a new person comes back and you give them too much. They're not ready for that. Um, you know, they certainly should be, should uh, should talk to uh, the older generation about what's going on, even in the areas where they're not uh, they don't have key responsibility. But they're not ready for that. And so this is fine balance between uh, you know giving them some responsibility, but not too much responsibility. So what about a structured process where the younger generation submits a plan to the older generation? The older generation gets to provide comment. It's still ultimately up to the younger generation, but the older generation does get to review it. And um, I, I hate to use the word approve, but they, they do get to provide comments back. Is that, is that something you've seen? That would certainly be a good idea if you were talking about marketing strategies, because again, you don't want to get too complicated too fast there if, if, if your marketing plan in the past has been selling most, most everything in the fall. I mean, you can't go from that to you know, doing all your, all your, all your uh, sales via futures and options. Uh, and so, and so, yes, that would be a good idea and particularly with marketing, but also the new technology and the check there is, is like I was saying is the new generation would scoop out the different features of, of the, of the different pieces of, of, the, of the piece of equipment you're interested in buying and then take that to the older generation, to the board uh, and, and discuss it together. This is the trade-offs between this tractor and this second tractor. Here's the different features of those. Now let's make a decision together. And so, and so you're responsible for, you know, for doing the research uh, involving this new tractor, but you're not, you don't have sole responsibility to purchase the tractor. Because let's face it, uh, in, in most cases, uh, the father's going to have to go to the bank and the lender with the son anyway. 
uh, to buy that tractor in, uh, in the farm's name rather than the son's name or son or daughter's name or the younger generation's name. And then the, the second point I wanted to call out, Michael, was um, you talked about this enterprise versus function. And I think we're going to talk about this late, uh, a little bit later on um, in this talk. But I, I want to bring it up now because I think it's really important. Uh, and in my mind, this process of, of when you're giving this management transfer, transfer and training to the younger generation, you have to look at the overall goals and the overall strategy of your farm. If your farm is one that operates in a very enterprise focus, you know, this is the corn enterprise, this is the poultry enterprise, um, it's still the, the transfer process has to be within the strategy of, um, of the overarching farm. Right. So if, if you have a new generation that comes in and, and they're really good at accounting or, or some other type of business function and it can go across those enterprises, it may take some restructuring to figure out how that management transfer plan fits into the strategy because you may be at odds or um, or vice versa where they want to do an enterprise. You know, they're really particularly interested in poultry, but the farm is structured where people go cross enterprises. Yes, I see where you're, you're coming, you know, coming from there. And, and, and ideally, particularly if you, once you get a little bit of experience, ideally, you'd really have res some responsibility in both of these areas we've been talking about. Some responsibility for a key skill set, uh, starting slow, but some responsibility there, and then some responsibility uh, for four particular fields or particular enterprise. I like the, the way I like to think about the enterprises is don't necessarily think corn, soybeans, because really that's a joint decision. It's corn, soybean rotation. Think landlords. Sometimes landlords love the idea of a younger generation coming back to the farm, and they're, and they're quite excited about leasing to that younger generation. That would be a good track of land for the new person to manage. With, with the older generation's help, but that would be a good uh, track for the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the young person to manage. And so it doesn't necessarily need to be crop by crop or, or crop versus livestock because we have so much specialization in today's production agriculture. It could be portions of the land. And so this 160 over here, that's, that's landlord A, uh, that the younger generation is going to manage that piece, and including making the decisions on the rotation. Now, in Indiana and across the Corn Belt, that might not be very complicated. Corn follows soybeans, soybeans follows corn, and so that's pretty simple. But, but nevertheless, uh, they would be responsible for that. And so if they wanted to produce a second-year corn or second-year soybean, uh, they, they would need to make the case of the older generations. That's what, that's what I'd like to do on this 160-acre track. And so does that make sense, Brady? Yeah. And, and definitely, I'll always advise people, you know, you got to be flexible with it for your particular farm. So, you know, so the stuff that we're suggesting here, um, definitely take some of these suggestions and tweak it to what works best to your management style and, and farm structure. Um, so that brings me to my next question. So when thinking about this decision-making framework, when you're allocating, um, you know, decision-making on a daily basis, what are some of the general structures um, that you can use to set up some of these decision-making processes? This depends on the personalities of, of the people involved, of course, but, but typically, typically the older generation is going to serve as the general manager 
uh, for several years before the before the the younger generation is comfortable doing that. Uh, and and so and so the older generation, at least one or two members of the older generation, because again, we could have several. Uh, individuals uh, in the older generation, several individuals in the younger generation. So it does not necessarily have to be just one in the younger generation, one in the older generation. But typically, uh, someone is going to be the general manager, and typically that's someone in the older generation, at least to start out with. But you don't have to think about uh, think. Of, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to indicate that they they make all the decisions about everything. That's where we get back to this function again. Uh, that younger generation is responsible for a particular skill set, a particular function, they're going to help make decisions uh, with respect to that function. Like financial records, is a, let's go back to that example. They're going to decide uh, what records we need to keep uh, so that we can do an accrual income statement, a, a balance sheet, uh, and everything else that goes, goes along with being able to benchmark uh, benchmark financial performance. And so they're going to be responsible for that part of the business, uh, even though they're not the general manager. They're not they're in charge of the entire operation. So you can still you can still divide uh, divide the tasks up and, and have a general manager. Uh, another way to do this uh, uh, that works sometimes though I, I've seen this work I've seen this not work also is to have equal voice from day one. Someone has to be in charge. Uh, and, and so that's why I like dividing it up by function, uh, but still having a general manager, because at the end of the day, uh, we can't sit around and, 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 and think about what needs to be done. We've got to have someone in charge uh, and make sure things get done. Well, and even if you have a very function-driven farm where you have the poultry division, the corn and soybean division, stuff like that, you're still going to be making asset allocation decisions where maybe corn and soybeans get uh, – more capital assets than the other functions of, of the farm. So you still need that general manager to make some of those overarching decisions. But I think you make a great point there that just because someone's designated the general manager doesn't mean they are making all the decisions. They still need to rely on the people that are in charge of each particular function or enterprise um, to, to, to do the heavy lifting. And, and again, this, this leads into another topic that's for another day, but, but it, it weaves into what we're talking about here, the importance of having meetings. Not to have meetings for the sake of having meetings, but, but to meet periodically and discuss these different functions and, and, and try to make, even though a general manager is going to make the decision, it, it should at least be discussed. Uh, let's go back to the marketing decisions. Those need, those need to be discussed, particularly if we're making a big change from what we've done in the past. Certainly large asset purchases, buying land, buying machinery, that needs to be discussed with, with everybody involved in the, in the business because those are big decisions that are going to take a lot of the capital. Um, and, um, and, 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 so, and so that doesn't mean just because there's one general manager and, uh, and, and, we do, and we've divided the functions out, that doesn't mean that we don't discuss uh, what's going on in the business. And, and that's very important, even if they're very short meetings, because uh, I know there's times of the year where there just isn't time uh, to do any brainstorming. We need to get out there and get the job done. And, it, and we, just, we just make sure that communication is taking place on a regular basis. So I have a question, uh, Michael. So a lot of farms are structured, you know, there's different legal entities and we're going to have one of these series in farm transition planning is going to focus specifically on the pros and cons of the different legal entities in the succession planning process. Uh, but one of the common legal entities is, is to organize as a corporation, whether it be an S-corp or a C-corp, where you're actually assigning 
shares or a percentage of equity of the business to particular family members or people involved in the succession planning process. Um, what is your thoughts on this whole management topic in terms of, you mentioned meetings where you need to talk about capital asset purchases and, um, or other mark big decisions that uh, happen with the management. Um, to me, if you have that type of structure where you're a corporation, the votes would be very similar to you know a publicly traded corporation where the amount of vote you get is based on the percentage of equity you have in the farm. Do you see pros and cons for that type? You know, if you align your management structure along with the legal equity structure of the business, is there any pitfalls or anything you need to watch out for there? I my, my first first response is I think you can make that work. Um, but even if it's just a partnership, um, you know, discuss, you know, making sure that there's communication between the two partners um, is, is still a good idea. And so is it one of the one of the things I'm not sure I would go down that route, but you could is to is to make the votes uh, according to the equity. There is a potential pitfall there. Uh, the younger generation's not going to have very much equity, but quite frankly, they play a large role in the future of that farm, 30 years, 40 years down the road. And so I'm not too sure you want to weight votes necessarily based on the equity. Uh, but but uh, but if uh, this, there's many ways to do this. A, a farm could go down that route, and, and, and it probably could work uh, with certain personalities. But but the main thing here is, is not to weight the vote necessarily. Um, yeah, you can vote, but just make sure the communication takes place. I mean, I've talked to farms where there's four four people in the business, four four to six people in the business, and they do take votes, but the votes are not weighted uh, based on how much capital the people have. Uh, the votes are the votes are, are such things like, oh, we had an old swine barn here. Uh, should we should we continue to produce swine or not produce swine? And then they take a vote. And if there's only one person that wants to continue to do that, they probably are going to discontinue that enterprise. And that's a pretty simple example, but but uh, that is an example of, of how I've seen things work. Yeah, and, and the reason I bring that up is that example you just mentioned, so you were kind of reading my mind there, is that I, I do think it's a pitfall, pitfall to, in those type of structures, to kind of weight it by, well, I own half, you own a quarter, they own a quarter, you know, so therefore my, you know, my vote counts as much, because A, you're discounting the new generation you're trying to bring on board, they don't have as much equity stake, and if this whole process is to make sure that it is a success from transitioning the, the farm business from the older generation to the smaller, you're you're kind of putting them at a disadvantage where their voice means less um, or less than it should. And then, you know, I, I do think we need to detach the management structure from the actual ownership structure, um, which is one of the reasons why we're talking about just management in, in this particular episode is because it, it is two separate issues. And, yeah. and I, I think we need to distinguish that on um, clearly when we're making decisions as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's very, very important to the management is different than the ownership, and 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 but but having said that, uh, they need to be treated differently. But in 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 essence, both the younger generation is going to increase management responsibilities and increase ownership over time. Uh, but keep them separate. Yes. Yep. Um, so and, and and that brings me to another point here, and that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why I wrote the article. I've seen a lot of farms that give a lot of thought in my mind too early in the process about how I'm going to transfer the assets and very little thought about 
how are we going to make this work from a personality standpoint, from a management standpoint? And also, this is this is pretty close, close to home here, not necessarily with my family in Nebraska, but I've seen many, many cases where the older generation just does not give up control and eventually the younger generation just just quits. Yeah. And that's why this is so important to think about this. And 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 again, it's not easy because you don't want to, you don't want to give them you don't want to give up too much control, uh, but at the same time, you have to give up a little bit of control. No, I, I completely agree with that, Michael. I mean, there's I, I think that would be probably the number one pitfall in, in succession planning is it's not, you know. The, the rate at which you give up control, the rate at which you allow the younger generation to come on board and make those decisions. Um, it, it's either all at once, which is too fast, or uh, none none at all. Um, and it, it, it severely uh, hampers the younger generation from A, making those mistakes so they can learn um, and getting the, the those acquired skills they need for when they eventually do get to acquire the assets and take control and management, they're not ready for it. So now another point I should bring here, uh, bring up about communication, uh, uh, you know, with, with uh, everybody in the business is, is, is unfortunately sometimes someone dies uh, earlier than you expected them to. And so that, again, that's why you need to do this communication so that everybody knows at least something about what's going on. Even though that might not be your management area, you have some idea of where the business was heading with respect to those those particular functions, and so uh, and and so you have a contingency plan. Um, so this next topic, we've already touched on it, but I do want to bring it up again. Um, thinking about this enterprise versus function uh, topic on on the managerial side, uh, do you have a preference for how? Um, to integrate the new generation or how management responsibilities should be divided? Is it best to do it by function or, or best to do it by enterprise? I, I think doing it by both. Uh, I know I'm not trying to wean you out here, Brady, but I think doing it by both. Uh, have some responsibility by enterprise or by landlord. Uh, many farms today have numerous landlord relationships. And so maybe as the younger generation gets more experience, they're responsible for more of those relationships. And maybe one of their functions is to communicate with the landlords. And so those can kind of go hand in hand. But I do think the younger generation does need to be, be responsible for some of the functions. Uh, and, and you, we can go down the list, but, but you know, some, of the func- some of the functions like marketing, finance, technology, uh, strategic positioning, uh, you know, going down that list, they do need to res- be responsible uh, for some of those functions, and that should increase over time. Uh, and, and and so I, I think I think uh, uh, some of the daily management responsibilities uh, should be assigned to the younger generation, both from an enterprise or landlord perspective and a, a, a function perspective. And one of the things I know this is uh, I, I know this is not something that everybody likes to do. Uh, but I recommend just going through a management checklist. We have management checklists on the Center for Commercial Agriculture website. Uh, Craig Dobbins has developed management checklists in the past, and 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 people listening probably are are aware of, of some of that work that uh, uh, Craig and Mike Bolge did in terms of management checklists. It's pretty fast to do. Uh, I've been in workshops where we've done this. Uh, you know, with the, with the different generations, it's pretty fast to do, and it's an easy way to spot. Where are the holes? Uh, you're probably familiar with gap analysis, Brady. 
this is what we're trying to do uh, when we bring in a new family member is where are the gaps in terms of skills? And if the younger generation doesn't have those skills, how are we going to make up for the fact that nobody in the business has those skills? And so this gets also related to uh, outside help or, or consultants. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we need an, uh, someone to help us with the marketing. You know, maybe this uh, the younger generation has brought back some very good information about uh, about how to do a more effective job of marketing the corn and soybean crop, but maybe they need some assistance. And so a consultant can, can come in uh, and help them with that. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so I think it's, that, that's a very useful exercise. Yep. And another thing that I've heard, uh, you know, a suggestion I, I've heard to a farmer, and this is kind of ripping from a textbook of, of more corporate firms, is, is to treat the younger generation as, as an internship for several years. Um, you know, and, and internships actually probably a pretty bad language because I know a lot of corporate firms do this for new hires when they're bringing people on board. And, what, and that is what they'll do is they'll do a, a rotation. You spend three months doing a certain function, three months, or, or sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's even a year, year and a half doing a certain function. And you have a set number of rotations that you do in the firm. And then after a specified period of time, you actually get to pick kind of what you were most interested in and what you found to be uh, best at. This allows the new generation because, you know, a, a new person could come into the farm and think that, you know, that they took Jim Minter's class at Purdue. You know, they've done commodity marketing and they find out. You know, they think they're interested, but they find out, well, maybe that's not really what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in the agronomic side, or I'm more interested in the accounting side. Uh, and, and not only does this allow the specific person to find out what they're interested and good at, but it gives them a complete picture of, of the farm as well, right? Since they've gone through all the different functions of the business, um, even if they don't end up doing some of the business management stuff or some of the marketing stuff, they've done it, so they've seen it, and they see how it's connected with the other functions. I would concur. And, I, and I've seen farms do that successfully. There's no magic answer to how long this, this internship or testing period needs to be. Uh, but certainly, you know, certainly allowing for some time uh, before the person becomes a partner or even becomes part of the corporate entity. Maybe they work for wages for a couple of years just to see what they like to do. But also, is this what I want to do as for my career? Uh, and we'll talk more about that topic uh, when we talk about feasibility of adding a family member, which will be uh, a, an upcoming podcast. But we'll definitely talk more about that. And, and I, I, with you, think that's an excellent idea. So, Michael, we've we've talked a little bit about the, about the management transfer. So I guess to kind of conclude, I want to ask you, is this process always smooth? That's a loaded question, of course. And the answer, of course, is no. Uh, you're going to have you, it. It's it's sometimes difficult for 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 people, even in, even within families, to communicate some of these things. Do not let that <laughs> preclude you from doing it. it. It's so important to have this conversation so that that both generations are happy uh, with with how we're how we're how. Uh, about the future of the business, and and the older generation is happy because someone's coming back to the business, but they're also realizing that yeah, this is how I'm going to have, this is how I'm going to uh, uh, earn money in my retirement. We've got a plan here on, on how I'm going to do that. And the younger generation also knows well, some of the money from the profits are going to go uh, for retirement benefits for the old, older generation, but there's enough money here that we can grow. And so and so communication is so important. Uh, when you're talking about transferring business management. 
but it's not always going to go smooth. That's that's a key point because you know you don't want people to give up if they hit a bump in the road and say, "Well, this isn't working." Um, you know, it, it may take some reevaluation of the process you originally thought of. So, you know, not saying you don't ever not need to change course. You know, there could be some times where you say, "Okay, it's not working. Let's let's do something different." But um, I, I think the key point there is there's going to be some road bumps. There's going to be some obstacles. It's not going to be smooth. You know, don't give up. Keep keep working at it. Keep the transition process alive and keep that communication open amongst all involved parties because that's going to be the key to the long-term success of, of the farm transition. So with that, um, I think we've exhausted our topic on the farm business uh, you know, management transfer topic. Uh, for more economic information, um, I encourage everyone to visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website, which is at ag.purdue.edu slash commercial ag. And also want to remind you that the article that we kept referencing during today's podcast, um, if you search on the website, you'll want to search for transferring business management is the title of that particular article. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture and Dr. Michael Langmeyer, I'm Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening uh, to this episode.